Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today I've got something exciting for you. Often they say it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And today's guest is an expert in getting the world to know your name. In fact, he's here to tell us how to get a million dollars worth of free publicity. His name is Ulysses Osuna, uh, and he's a 21-year-old PR strategist and founder of Influencer Press, a PR firm that manages publicity for influencers and for a few clients with over $100 million. He is also a columnist at Success Magazine, contributes to Huffington Post, Entrepreneur Magazine, and today I've asked him to join us to help us get more and better exposure with less time and effort. So Ulysses, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. Dude. Thank you for the killer intro. Thank you. Well, I mean, it's not bragging if it's true, right? So uh, all good, man. I mean, that's why we have you on the show now, but before we get into that stuff, I always like to find out like, how do you, like, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? How did you get into marketing and sales and kind of business growth and, you know, publicity and influence? Is this like the, the family background? Is this the family trade, the family business? Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs or? Yeah. So, so my family, like when I first started out in entrepreneurship, um, they did not want me to do it at all. Like, <laughs> It was something to where every single day I would get lectured because I wasn't doing something productive in their eyes, right? Mm. Um, like in their eyes, they wanted me to go to college or they wanted me to do schoolwork. They wanted me to, you know, cut the grass outside. Essentially, what they wanted me to do was busy work. Right. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm, I, I never really agreed with like the philosophy of like, you know, do hard work and all that type of stuff because my dad's a big believer in that. Like he will tell me to, you know, go work out in the fields. So I can know and and empathize and all that type of stuff. But for me, it was like, I don't have to work out in the field to understand that that's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. Right. So the way I found out about online marketing was through an ad. So I was on YouTube and I saw an ad. um, And the ad essentially was like selling me on the dream, right? He was telling me about um, his fancy car, his big house, his beautiful wife, the business that that he has. Like he's doing multiple seven figures, all that type of stuff. And as a 17-year-old, or as a 17-year-old kid, I was like, I want that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that was my motivation for the longest time. And I made a decision right then and there. I was like, you know what? This is this is possible. And the reason I thought that is because, you know, coming from a small town of like 10,000 people, you never really get the thought of making it, mm-hmm. right? That, just, that thought never pops up in your head. Mm-hmm. And if that thought never pops up in your head, then it's actually really difficult to even try to become an entrepreneur or something like that. Because if you don't have the thought that you can become something, mm-hmm. um, then I can almost guarantee you that you won't become any uh, what you want to be. Right. Right. You just don't have a role model, an example. No one's ever caused you to dream big, right? Your exactly. examples around you don't, they're not stretching your brain that way. Exactly. 100%. Okay. So that got you into it. So what, like, how did you get started? Did you have like an early business? Um, I did. I, I have, um, so... I was 17, right? At the time, um, 
the first thing that I ever did before I started a business was try to learn everything because I'm the type of guy that I don't like to do trial and error. I like to know what I'm doing before I start it just because <laughs> I don't want to do a lot of stuff that's unnecessary, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of times a lot of people will do work, but it'll just be the wrong work and they'll be doing it for a long period of time. Right. So I did not want to waste my time doing the wrong work. Um, but I did anyways, right? Like my first business was called cartoonphotos.com. So all I was selling was cartoon photos. So people would sell, send in their, their picture. Um, I would go to Fiverr and then I'd kind of like, you know, pay five bucks to get the picture into a cartoon and then I'd send it back. But the, the downside with that is that I realized that that business was a luxury. That right. means it's not what people needed. It's not what people wanted. So it was very hard to make a sale, right? It only happened holidays or for, you know, senior photos or anything like that. It wasn't something that I could sell that people needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after that, I really got into like the online marketing space and I started doing website design, um, you know, conversions, capturing leads from email, uh, from websites. And then I landed my first big gig, um, which is with, which is, uh, with Jack Vale. So he had, he has like over a million subscribers on YouTube. Um, and that was like my first big in and all I really needed was one big in so I can use it as leverage to get another one and then mm-hmm. another one, mm-hmm. another one. So, um, after I was helping out some of these big guys, right. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you want to start off big, do not help people that are in your same space, right? Help people out that are influencers that are not in your same space because chances are they need something that you have that you can give them. Um, so that's what I did. And then I got asked to write on entrepreneur.com success and you know, all these different publications. And then because of that, it led to me creating my PR business. I realized like there was a real demand um, for that and it aligned with everything that I wanted to do. Right? Mm. People respect you. Um, you're able to get on the biggest publications in the world because, you know, as an 18 year old kid, 17 year old kid, I thought anybody that was on Forbes made it. Mm-hmm. I had that perception. There's tons and tons of people who had that same perception. Right. So it was just like the perfect niche for me. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So now what's been one of your greatest challenges in this business and how have you overcome it? My greatest one of my greatest challenges would have to be. Um, I'd say like systemization and like teamwork, not so much the business side of things, but I'm more of like, like I'll put my head down and I'll get to work. But lately it's been not lately, but before it's been like a real struggle to like find a team that is with you and that has the same vision. And the fact that you have to become the leader and you can't just like give them tasks and then, you know, do your own thing. That's probably my biggest obstacle um in the entire thing because i just didn't know how to lead people mm-hmm. i didn't know how to be that bigger person for somebody else because i was always focused on like okay what do i have to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how is that like a pain point in your business um you, you just hit bottlenecks like you can't do everything yourself right and i i used to be a, like a diehard solopreneur so when i when i wasn't able to lead a team i would still find myself doing it all mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. i was doing it all i could not because there's like really like three things to like a service side of the business. Um, one is attraction, two is conversion, and then three is delivery. So I couldn't do all three and still like scale up, right? Because I have to attract people to come in, I have to close them, and then I have to deliver the actual work. So I can only do so much in 24 hours, right? But if I get a team to do each of those three things, then, um, then you know, you really have, you can really leverage like time, um, which allows you to do stuff that moves the needle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like what are some things that help you move the needle? For me, for sure, it's getting, being aligned with these, with these bigger influencers. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not so much getting more clients, it's more so getting the right type of clients. So now we're transitioning more into like the high net worth public relations. So so every every person that comes in our agency now, we're trying to get to five, but we're only going to take on clients that have over a hundred million dollars or more. Right. So that so um, that really moves the needle for us because if we're if we're able to do it for high net worth public relations, then people that are not at that air er- like that space or that area actually look towards that. Right. Right. They look up to that, which moves the needle for us because it helps cement our legacy in that place. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now, what would you recommend to some of the people listening here that are starting out and maybe are struggling? They're not at 100 million, but they're like, hey, like I need to get some publicity. I've got this amazing thing that I do. You know, how do you what do you recommend for them? Um, I recommend like depending on their niche, I I don't recommend starting local. Um, I do recommend going big really fast because there's two ways that you can really like manufacture your personal brand which allows you to make more money just, you know, because people are not no longer like paying for the service now, they're paying to work with you. Mm-hmm. But there's two things, either align yourself with these top influencers or align yourself and get brand association with these publications. Like those two are, are the single biggest growth hacks to like manufacturing your personal brand. So can, like you, you, can you say those again? So one is align with? Align with the publications or align with influencers. Okay. Those are the two things. Because you either get brand association from the publications or you get brand association from whoever you're working with, right? right. Your, your, your level of client um, kind of like determines the quality of, of work that you do. Right, right, right. So you're talking kind of about shared credibility. If you can partner, so yeah. these, these influencers, these people have already gathered all your prospective clients into one place for you. If you can kind of rub elbows and become, you know, aligned with these people, you don't like a lot of the light work is already done, right? They've already brought these communities together for you and you share the credibility of the, the influencers that you're kind of partnering with already. Right. A hundred percent. And that's what, that's the main thing right there. Because it, even if, even if they don't have your ideal client base, other people that look up to that influencer will also see you in, in a very similar light. Yep. Right. So yep. that's, that's one of the, like that way, you know, they just kind of know you as part of them. Right, as part of the influencers, and that already puts you, you know, at above, at a place where you don't really need to work as hard because life gets easier for the influencer. Right, does, it really does. How does life get easier for the influencer? People give them free products, right, to try out for a shout out, or people give them free services because they're the influencer. People give them, um, you know, discounts because they want to, they want to have them as clients. Uh, people open the door for them, like. You know, life does get easier for 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 the influencer, right? It's it's no longer that hard to close people because they've already established that credibility. Um, the leads come to them, right? They get to partner up with big with other top players. So a lot of the legwork is already done once you kind of get to that place. Now you hit an interesting spot, and I want to talk about this because recently I was involved with a, a, an attempt to do some Instagram influencer marketing, and a couple of things that came up were. One, like you mentioned, there's influencers that were so used to getting free products and services that it was kind of a suicidal deal for any business. And there's yep. two parts of this where the sure, like, okay, I'll send you $500 worth of free product and thank you. And you'll do a photo with it on your post, on your, you know, on your wall, but it's, and it might get a thousand likes, but that's not going to turn into enough sales to make it worth my while 
to right to like pay the 500 bucks, pay your fee to do the shadow the post, send it to you. And that's one point. And I want to kind of get your input on that. And the second point I think is the traffic. The other thing that I've seen is maybe you get an influencer that's willing to work with you, but their audience doesn't match your audience. A perfect example was there's a million, an account with a million people, decent engagement, but it was like 30% to the largest percent, at least in the Instagram analytics. And I don't know if Instagram's your specialty. I'm not trying to be specified, but it's just like, I think like a, like issues that come up, right? It was like, this business was mostly based in the U.S. And for the influencer, their audience was mostly in India and like Brazil and Morocco and other, There, you know, it was like 12% U.S. So I want right. to kind of ask, I guess for the businesses here, talk about aligning with the influencers. How do they, like, how do they, how do you work with an influencer? How do you make it worth the influence? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. So when I say align yourself with the influencer, I do not mean pay the influencer to promote your product or your service. Okay. Um, the reason I'm saying that is because everybody kind of knows, like people are not, you know, it, like it's 21st century. People know when it's like a paid, paid post and all that type of stuff. That is not the same, right? Mm -hmm. And that is not your stuff. That is not the same as like collaborating with an influencer or, um, or being in, in, you know, in a very similar light because they understand like you paid to have that endorsement. Right. Right. When I'm saying like partner up with the influencer or do work for them or have them as a client, then you kind of put yourself in a level where like, okay, they're paying you, mm. right? The influencer, you. So there's like a difference there, right? Like one, you're paying them and, you know, people understand that the difference is like somebody of high level, you know, somebody of, of high influence wants to work with you, even though they have tons and tons of options. Got it. Got it. So it's got like it, got it. Is different. And that's what, that's all that matters really. Is the psychology behind it? Is the perception behind it? Because perception is reality. So let me try and say this. Let me try and articulate this clearly in a way that maybe could be actionable and very impactful for the listeners. So what you're saying is find the biggest influencers in your niche and make them your clients for free. And for little to no money. Yeah. For little for to no money and yep. exchange for, and maybe you negotiate up front or not but in exchange for them just endorse, right? Like putting you out there That's essentially. That is it. Because look, this is what happens. You really only need one, right? Um, like for example, with me, when, when I got Jack Vale, um, he was not in my, my niche, right? He does YouTube. So he has over a million subscribers on YouTube and he's a prankster. So yeah, he's been on TV like Fox and Friends and with George Lopez and all that type of stuff, but he's not an online marketer. He right. doesn't know how to capture leads from a website. He doesn't know how to do all that type of stuff. So even though he was not in my niche and the people that follow him are not my clients, he's still a big influencer that I can always leverage, that I can always use. That And then what I did do is I actually got a high paying client of like a millionaire, like my first millionaire client because I was able to use Jack Vale as, an, as a way in, right? The millionaire client was like, oh, I know Jack Vale. Like that dude's amazing and all that type of stuff. I watch his stuff. Right, right. So it was almost so, like a testimonial referral. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was a demonstrative proof. It was social proof and almost like a demonstration. Like, hey, this guy's a big player and he works with me. So exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I get yeah. that. If they, if this big player is willing to work with me, then you already know like all my stuff is good, right? That that's the, like the type of like it's like kind of like psychology behind it, right? So now I guess what you're saying. So so now you're trying to. 
you're trying to create almost like a VIP tier of of clients in your business that sure. you know you're almost bartering with essentially, and you're going to give them kind of maybe VIP service. Now, are are you asking for explicit terms? Because my concern for the listener that's listening to this is that maybe they're just going to do this free work for the client, but they're not really going to get featured on the YouTube channel or whatever Facebook page or whatever. They're just like that person might just be word of mouth. It might just be a good referral source, but those, Uh you know, can or can't work. So yeah. Can you give us some, like some specifics on like, no, for sure. So yeah, you do have to be upfront because then there's also this, right? Let's say you go to an influencer and you say you want to do free work and then they only see you as somebody that does free work, which means, they, they no longer have that respect for you. They're probably going to demand more than what they've asked for, than what, you know, than what you've told them you were going to do. And then they'll see you as just like somebody that's going to like help them out instead right. of like you leveraging them. It's the other way around. Right. Right. And I've had that happen. Like people, people of high influence, um, when I'm first starting out, they just want to use that. They're like, yeah, you know, this is free work. This is what I need. I've seen that. In fact, I've, I've seen some large influencers, clients that I worked with. I wasn't in that scenario, but I saw them do that to others. There was one, there was a guy on the team, great guy uh, from Trinidad and Tobago, Tobago, Tobago. And he, something had gone on in the office and he felt personally responsible, even though it wasn't his fault. And this influencer milked him, literally, like I'm, I'm using the right word here, milked him for like four or yeah. five months of full-time labor until he uh, paid off the emotional debt to this influencer, wow. you know, for, for this thing. And it was, you know, it wasn't something that was really his fault. So I was, you said friends for a reason, friends for a season and friends for life. This is kind of the power of like a $1 trial, right? Because if you're friends for the reason that you give them free info, then you have to try, right? It's like, it's like getting out of the friend zone with a boy or girl that you like. But if someone even pays you a dollar to try it like the right, then now you've established the, 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 exactly. the reason of the relationship is you pay me in exchange for this. And that's why even that's why people do one dollar trials all the time, uh, because it, it changes the nature of the relationship. So, right. Be up front. Be like, I'll give you this for free, but I would like some shout outs. And, you know, at least kind of once, twice, three times, whatever. I think that's a great way to do it. And I think that's a really powerful way to work. So, all right. So we've already established that you want to get yourself, uh, like a stable one influencer might be all you need, but you know, aim for a stable and go big. You're saying go big fast. Don't like, start with, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So go big fast, get a stable of these big influencers that are your clients in a barter situation where you're delivering your product for free to them in exchange for them endorsing you. Now, I guess you kind of get with you negotiate at that point, right? You can't really, every influencer will be different. Because again, coming back, depending on some people, if it's a coaching consulting service thing, it might be okay. But like what I want, again, I'm coming back to the one post may not be worth the services, right, that I'm giving you. So for, for some of the people, I guess they got to figure out what that is for them. So, so, yeah. So um, I would never correlate it to like shout outs. Like that's not what you're looking for. You're not looking to get, a, you're not looking to get business from this influencer. You're looking to leverage their name. Right. That's what you're looking to do. Like, uh, so I, I would never like go into like a deal, like hoping like, oh yeah, I'm going to be able to get business off of this guy. Cause then, you know, um, yeah, it just, it just wouldn't work at, as good. So for me, all I'm looking for is a testimonial. Got it. Right? Cause, cause I'll put it this way. Like, do you, um, by any chance, you know, who Tony Skits is no. Okay. Like- well he has, he, he's a, uh, he's like one of those vine people or he, he was okay. famous on vine. So our COO, he got him as a client, right? He paid us not full price, but he still paid us. 
now, and all we did is we asked for a video testimonial afterwards, right? So we got a video testimonial afterwards. Now this is what we do. We don't ask him to, uh, to send us business. What we do is we go to the same people in his space and we say, we work with Tony of Skits, which who you know, right? Which kind of like implies the assimilation effect. Um, right, right, right. We know, and because of that, we've done amazing work. Look at his testimonial. And if you'd like, we can do the same for you. And then this time you charge full price. Right, right, right. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to demonstrate your credibility. And, you know, a lot of people that are getting started out, I think this is great advice for people starting out and struggling because that's such a great way. I've had so many people, I've had a couple of people on this show say one of the best things, especially someone new to get involved is go do free work for someone that's doing it. You know, like one, to get experience, almost like an apprenticeship, but two, to really like figure out what you're good and not good at and not be afraid of failing, you know, go out there and try it. People will respect you for trying. If you fail, don't be afraid to show up later and be like, hey, I know I did this this time, but now I've really improved and give me another chance to show it to you, you know, because those people like that really shines through. Everybody knows, everybody who's made it at any level has had a ton of failures. They've looked foolish a ton of times. They respect the people that, that work through the obstacle and come back better. You know, and so I think that's I think that's a powerful way to do it. So now, how do you get these influencers? How do you get them to agree? How do you um, get, how do you access them? The an email, yeah. like uh, an email usually works. Yeah, um, you know, usually you can find their email on a website, and right. if you it, it's not readily available on the website, you can go to hunter.io, which by the way is not a sponsor, <laughs> but you can go to hunter.io, and then it, you can get that extension. Uh, go to the website and then it'll find the email for you. But really, like people, there's not, it, it's really a numbers game from there. Like, and, and it depends on your pitch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would, uh, yeah, it, it really, it's not that difficult once you kind of get it down, but you are going to have to send a couple of emails first to kind of see the feedback. So I would not go, I would not go on like a spamming speed. Uh, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do like spams just because, you know, you don't know how good your pitch is until you get a few, like, few results Go back. slow. Like, few- go slow in the beginning. Yeah, slow. yeah. Yeah, slow. Don't go for the people that you want to go for right away until you kind of get yeses. And then use that and adapt and then go for the people that you want to go for. Got it. Got it. Got it. So that sounds, that sounds pretty reasonable. Sounds pretty straightforward. Um, now, actually, we should mention this now. You have a... A template script are you still willing to share that oh for sure for sure yeah um this is it's our most converting email uh pitch template so we use this all the time like it you know we since since we do pr you know for, for a lot of people like right now we have over 50 clients um we just found like okay we need one kind of template and then we just kind of need to edit it based on um the client right because we don't want to do the work over and over and over and we found that this template works best, right? It leverages all aspects of trust, credibility, authority, direction, clarity. Um, so if you guys if you guys want it, I'm sure like you'll make it available, right? You'll put it as a download link or something. Yeah. Well, do you have a link? Let's give a web link on your site that you can you can set up as a redirect. I don't have, I don't uh, have it on my site. All right. Yeah. I would, so uh, people go to bestbusinesscoach.ca. We'll do forward slash uh, pitch template. All right. Pitch template and i'll set that up as a redirect to send you to the google doc ulysses sent me before the call so that's bestbusinesscoach.ca forward slash pitch template 
no spaces, no nothing, just pitch template. And I'll make sure you see that. And that's his best converting. So this is a really good place. To, and I, what I liked about it too is it's just really straightforward. You can edit it however you see fit, but it really was yeah. a, a, it was a good way. And you could see the personal touch. And I think that that's important. Like you said, one influencer could be the like what you need, right? They could be your golden ticket. You know, I knew a guy that worked for Disney in Australia, and that was like a goal. The fact that he worked for that company it was a golden ticket for him where he got basically any job interview he went to, as long as he didn't mess it up. You know, he was ahead of everyone else because he had Disney experience, you know, and that's that sort of same thing that you can get from there. It's called shared credibility. I think that's really, really, really powerful. Um, Ulysses, what are some of the greatest mistakes you see your clients and other people's making when it comes to getting free publicity and working with uh, influencers and yeah. brands? The biggest mistake is just not not knowing their end goal. Um, we, this is one of the reasons why we kind of moved away from like the done for you agency is that we found that people just wanted to get press just to get press, mm -hmm. right? And that's not a good enough reason. Like, it, it's a good enough reason, sorry, but it's not going to help you accomplish that end goal, right? So what you want to do is figure out, okay, how does the end goal look like for you? How do you want to be perceived as? And then do strategic media placement. Don't just get media placement just because it serves your ego. Mm. Now, is that, when you're saying to get press, is that some of that, because what I want to differentiate as well as like the shout outs, the reason why someone wants a shout out, shout out is because to get sales, you need visitors to your website. So they're trying to get in front of a large group of people to get visits to their offer to hopefully make sales, right? And that's uh, depending, especially like a, an e-commerce business or any sort of product business like that. That's, you know, a service business isn't as much like that because you have a higher conversion rate because typically there's some sort of let's get on the phone and talk consultation and conversion rates are yep. always higher. But with websites, if you're trying to sell something online with like a video sales letter or even just like a homepage or again, you have a shopping cart, you have a Shopify store or something, you need more <laughs> traffics. Bless you. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> all good, man. My girlfriend was sneezing a minute ago and she was like trying to do it quietly. It's fine. There's where we have real lives, people. If you hear background noise, it's because we're real people. So, um, but yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is you're, when you say be strategic, what are some of the different reasons? Like here you mentioned one fantastic, which is to leverage their name. What about for people that need that? They need like, they need traffic. Like, is that, is there a strategy or a strategic way to go about it that way? Yeah, so so you're talking about like an e-commerce product or something? Right, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, media media would not be a good place for that. Because that the, the main reason why we get our clients press is for like, okay, let's hop on a phone call, like the credibility type stuff, right? Um, it's not good for bringing traffic to your website. So uh, I know a buddy of mine, Andy, he, he got like an editorial piece like at the head from the head honcho at entrepreneur.com. And he only got 12 visitors back to his website. Yep. So it's, you know, peer, peer, or just these publications, it, you would think that because they get millions of page views every single month, that you would get, you know, a fraction of that, right? Or a good portion of that. Right. But that's not yeah. true. That's not the case. Um, chances are you'll probably get like two to 5,000, you know, views on your article max. And very few people will actually read the article. And then very, you know, and less people will actually read through it and then click on your link and all that type of stuff. So um, I don't recommend uh, going that route for your traffic. Mm. And I think that comes back to like what I, what I saw with that Instagram thing was it's just cause it's a hodgepodge. It's just such a mix. It's not targeted. When you set up, like I always say on the show, there's three ways to get traffic, buy it, borrow it, build it. So like I have this podcast, I've built a following, right? 
I've built people follow me on social media and on this podcast as a result of being out there and I'm slowly building it. It's, you know, it's something you always kind of do. I mean, even in life, you meet new people, you stay in touch with some, not others. Right. So that's kind of how it goes. But borrowing it is sort of like a joint venture or an affiliate thing where someone is pushing you traffic and it's a traffic exchange relationship where, you know, either like Oprah gets you on her show and endorses your product. Right. They, they had something called the Oprah effect where if Oprah brought and featured a business on her show, it killed businesses. It grew a bunch of businesses and blew them up like uh, yeah. Eckhart Tolle, but it killed uh, more than it, it built. Because what would happen is, is you'd get flooded with like a thousand phone calls. And especially in today's day and age with the online world, people aren't really empathetic. So if you've got the best bakery in town and Oprah's like, I love this little bakery I go to every morning on the corner and blah, blah, blah. Boom, you have a thousand people show up on your door and they're pissed sure. off that they're not getting served. And, you know, and they got this thing and it wasn't made right. And your negative reviews stack up and you get buried and overwhelmed, right? Um, and that's just one example of how they killed it. So they actually would have an audit team go in, but that's borrowing traffic, which is a direct traffic exchange. And then the third one is to buy it, where you just place ads. And with ads, you can be super targeted. You can have, you know, women or like gender, this gender, this age range, interested in these things with this, this percent income. Like you can be so targeted in that. I mean, I guess what media, it's just because it's so, it's like a, it's like a high school. Like everybody's in there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And it's it, you're right. It's very not targeted. And even if it is, uh, people that read the, the articles, you know, will not take action. Right, right, right. Now, I, I'm kind of going off on a bit of a tangent here, but how does that relate with like dedicated mailings? If there's an on like entrepreneur has a magazine, a physical magazine, but they also have a digital version, I believe, or I think they've, they've got an email list anyhow. Now people pay to be for advertising, I imagine, to show up obviously in the, in the magazine. And I imagine they pay for that. Some magazines do do solo email drops. That may or may not work. It's tough to, tough to say. I mean, it's kind of like a shout out, I guess. It's still, it's still not something you would recommend for any of your clients. Um, I do not know anything about that. Sure. No, that's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's just, I was wondering, I'm like, would that, because that's really targeted, that would be more targeted, but it's still, it's still, you know, it's still a mix of the list. I guess it depends on your offer. And I think it kind of comes back to it too, for a lot of people listening, they say that there's a traffic problem, but it's really, it's, you have a conversion problem. Your offer isn't strong enough. It's probably for a big part of it. Do you, yeah. do you, do you, do you help your clients with their offers at all? Yeah, messaging is a big part of that. Because um, if you do not have the right messaging, then it's going to be very hard to lead people to an action. Right. Um, to do anything, to, to be inspired, to follow you, to, you know, to buy something. So, because like, for, for example, with us, for the longest time, we were selling the, the airplane and not the destination. We kept selling like, oh, you know, PR is this, PR is that. But nobody's end goal is to get, you know, media interviews like nobody's end goal is for them to be interviewed all the time like that's not that's not you know a destination mm -hmm. that's a way to get like that's a methodology and stuff like that but messaging is that they want to become a household name they want to be they want to be the expert that way they don't have to go seek out media but the media comes to them mm -hmm. you know that's like they want to become the go-to mm -hmm. um that's more of like a destination than oh yeah you know be ex you know uh, get interviews all every single day or whatever for the rest of your life. Like, right. you know, nobody really wants that. Right, 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 right. Now, what do you feel is the future 
of your industry? What's the future of public relations and publicity and influencer marketing? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure because these, like, it's very, very evolving. Like, it's always changing. Um, once you think you have, like, your hand on the pulse, it, it just switches up. Like, like the Huffington Post, they deleted their entire um, contributor platform. Like, nobody can, you know, contribute there anymore. BuzzFeed looks like they're following the same route. Um, you know, who knows? Like, the, the publications used to be indexed. Now, now um, sorry, follow. Now the links are, like, no follow. So it, it honestly changes a lot because of marketers, right? They just use it and they abuse it. And because of that, like the, everything's like constantly changing. So I don't know, but I just know like as long as you kind of keep up with the times and as long as you, you know, you adapt with it, then you're good. I imagine there's some key principles though that will probably remain because I know like MySpace once was popular and it's come and gone and then Facebook was the end all be all. And it's still large, you can't argue that, but there's others that are, I think there's even one in China now that's bigger than Facebook, you know, because it's China. I mean, obviously, but, you know, the same thing like with Google. Google was huge and that, well, I don't even know what it is. It's, is it Badoo? I don't even know what it is. No, that's a dating app. I don't even know what it is. It's Bakamon. There's another search engine that's like huge online and it's China. So these things change. But as a principle, I think some of the things that you shared with us was things like, you know, Aligning and, and, and strategic alliance is one way to talk about it, like a joint venture, strategic alliance. You know, get good at what you've got, have something valuable to offer, and then work with some of the people that are at the top of the tier in your category, if only just to leverage their name and get endorsed by them. And that on its own can have residual effects and hopefully cause, right, and create. And there's, I, I mean, I don't know if there's any get-rich-quick scheme. That's the other part. Um <laughs> No, there's not. There's not. Um, but I, I will say this, though. The publications, since they're evolving, there's more ways now you can get featured, right? So it used to be just where the only way you'd be able to contribute or get featured is in a written format, like somebody would interview you. Um, but now, like they've opened it up to where they have a you know video platform, they have podcasts where they syndicate content from. So now if you get in a, you know, in a podcast interview, you can still say like, yeah, I was featured in Entrepreneur. Um, but it was just in a podcast format instead of like, you know, an article. Mm, 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 mm. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that's another way to get out there. The, the, it is the diversification of content. You know, that's something that we did in the early days of the internet. Like we would try to run Google. This worked really well for local businesses. You wouldn't want to just be in Google search, but you would want to be in Google images and on YouTube. Like you would want to be every tab that Google had, you would want to have your content at the top because those are, everyone was fighting over the Google search results, but no one was fighting for the Google image search results. If you're like a local right. dentist. And so there was all these different little hacks that we were doing and another one was um getting and this probably still works today but is getting collaborating with these people like so what i mean is like i had a martial arts school in a small town in ontario canada and so i would have a website but my website can only take up one spot on the google search ranking right the front page of google but if yeah. i also set up a WordPress blog on wordpress.org and I set up a Squidoo lens and I did some guest articles on these three other sites that ranked higher than my competitors' websites, I could push everybody off the first page so everything led back to me. Yep, yep. Is that something that you think would still work today? Um, yeah, like one of the one of the ways to to dominate, like if, if, you, if you don't have anything... Um, 
like if you look up your name, right, and you don't really have much, um, an easy way to dominate that, to control what people see, is to get on smaller publications because you can actually control um, what these pub- like smaller publications say more than you can with these bigger publications, right? So you can either do that, get featured for that, or become a contributor, right? Become a writer to these smaller publications. So that way everybody, anytime somebody, you know, searches up your name, all they see is you being a contributor to like multiple websites, right. which because right. one of the things that people do before they buy is research. Right. So right. if they do right. that research, you want to be able to control what they see. Right. Right, right, right. So you almost need a, that's a content, that's almost like, it's like a part of a content strategy on the back end. Right. Because you still got to get traffic to your site and your offers at any point, even if you're a service, you got to get visitors to your website to sign up, you know, to enough visitors to your website for someone to call in and book an appointment or request a quote, even if it's not, e- or again, e-commerce there. But like you said, everyone's going to do that background search. Like I'm notorious for looking for promo codes and coupons. I'm so bad bad for that. I'll be like on someone's order form. And if I see there's like a spot for promo code, I'm not buying. I'm not buying for at least another 15, 20 minutes because I'm going to be Googling. I don't think a lot of people realize that if you don't have promo codes, hide that damn field on your order form because it's killing sales. Because I've, there's been tons of times I've gone to buy something and I'll search for promo code, phone rings, I've got to go take the dog for a walk. Oh, I'll buy this later. Three days, week go by. Um, anyways, so, all right. Now, what are there any habits that you feel have helped you or habits that you see the people you work with that have helped them on their path to success? Yeah, they really, uh, so, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you've heard this, but they say like, it takes twice as long to accomplish what you want to accomplish than, than what you, you know, than what you thought it would. Right. Mm-hmm. Like something takes twice as long than what you think it would. Right. So in order to, you know, in order to hit the timeline, right. In order to hit the time frame. You need to cut off 50% of what doesn't matter. Because mm. if it takes you twice as long, then if you cut off 50%, then you should be good, right? You should be able to hit the time frame that you're going for. So figure out, do a, do a timesheet, figure out where you're spending your time, where can you delegate, what can you delete, and then what can you do yourself? And that way um, you realize, okay, what moves the needle? What can I delegate to somebody else? That way I can keep doing what moves the needle, whether it's sales um, bringing traffic, whatever it is. But yeah, the, the people that I know that are succeeding, they really focus on what matters. Right, right. The 80-20 principle. Let's get clear on what the 20% is that does the 80% of the bulk. Yep. And what happens if you don't know? How do you find That's out? That's why you do a timesheet. So yeah, because you'll find, like once you do a timesheet, you'll really realize like, okay, what am I doing that really does not serve me any any, any good? Like I'm just doing busy work, mm-hmm, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Like cutting grass outside is busy work. You can get somebody else to do that while you try to make a sale. Yep. Yep. The amount of time it takes you to cut your yard, right? You can call five people up um, and try to close a sale. And even though nobody, even if nobody buys, like you still have five leads that you can ask, well, okay, if you're not a good fit, then you do you know somebody who is? Yep. That's a really so, good point. Gary Halbert said that back in the day. He said the most biggest thing a lot of people don't understand is that your product or service isn't what makes money. It's selling and convincing people that they need your product or service is what makes the money. And that really inspired me to this concept that any business is a black box where it's like a dentist office. You come in crying on one side, you're in pain and you go through what like, you don't even really know what happens at the dentist, right? You just go, you sit in the chair, you do stuff and then you leave. You're like, oh, thanks. And they, they tell you and explain what happened, but you don't really know, right? You're like, okay, sure. Like, you know, 
and then you're on to the next thing. And so it's this black box where you go and crying and in pain on one side, leave happy and smiling. And that's your business or that's your product or services. And that's kind of, and that's something that people need to be really clear also on the outcome, which is something that, you know, we all need to, what's the outcome? Like you said, what's the destination? You're not selling the airplane, you're selling the destination. So people don't, if you, if you were trying to sell flights by like, Hey, you're going to sit next to a crying baby for 12 hours and you're going to get <laughs> sick because everyone's coughing and yeah. sneezing and the food's going to be garbage and three times the price what it should be because the airports are a controlled environment. No one would buy that. But if you're talking about them being on the beach in Jamaica with a little coconut yeah. drink, right? Like that's, that's what they do it for. So you got to be clear on what your outcome is. And then on side of that, it's like, Hey, if my little black box solves pain, I need to find everyone that's in pain and be like, look, just, just go in the black box. Just, just go in the black box. Just try it for $1. Just go in the black box, see how it works, and then you'll understand you'll get it and you'll come back again and again and again. And that's what makes the money. It's not doing the work that the business does. Yes, I agree. So I think that's a really important thing. Now, if anyone here is in a traffic-dependent business like e-commerce, what would you recommend? I mean, you said that media is not a good place for, the, for them for traffic. What do they do? How do they use press? Is there, do you have any insight or solutions or any suggestions on that? I mean, how do they try? Yeah, go. So I, I wouldn't, um, I, to get more traffic, I wouldn't be able to help. But I would be able to help if they're looking to convert the traffic that they already have. Ooh, all right. So, because um, a lot of times, you know, people, if, if they go to your website and they're going to buy something, if it's if it looks shady, they're probably not going to buy it, right? right. Um, and I, I don't know too much about the space, but I do know, like, buying is all based on trust. So right. again, if you're able to control what they see, if, if you're able to like take them through a funnel where they know and like and trust you and that, you know, Forbes endorses this product or whatever, um, then chances are they're, they're probably going to like lean towards buying it more than they would if they didn't have that. Right, right, right. I actually think that's a really important thing to, to, to break down a little bit. Trust and confidence helps equal sales. And I think that comes back to, like you said, I loved how, I loved how you reframed what I said, because I was like, how do they get more traffic? And you're like, well, I don't know how to get more traffic with media, but you can use media to make people more confident in your sale, like in you as a company and, and help you increase their trust in you. So they're willing to try out what happens. And I think that that's a really powerful thing. I mean, if you've got a product and it's like, Hey, you know, we help, you know, I, I don't know why I'm just picking names, but Hey, like, you know, our product really helps whiten teeth and it's safe and effective. And, you know, here you can see Britain or Beyonce with her little night table and this little Instagram post she did about how she uses them every night. And here's another one with, you know, Kim Kardashian. And here's another one with Obama, Michelle Obama. And here's another one with so-and-so. If you had an email campaign that was like that, Oh, yeah, you'd sell like crazy. Right, because of the trust and confidence that yep. people would have in it. And also the whole, if it's good enough for them, it's good It's good for me too. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. That's a really good, that's a really good way to position it. Now, do you feel anything holds people back? Or what do you think holds people back from doing better with media? One, I think, uh, is, is not knowing that, that what we just shared, that little secret there. No, yeah, that's the biggest one. Um, that PR is taboo. Like they, the reason they don't get media coverage is because they simply do not know how to go about it. Mm -hmm. They just see it as like, like they have to have connections or whatever it is. But because they don't have, because they never go after the media is the reason why they don't have it. So a lot of people they just wait um, to get it, but that's rarely going to be the case. Um, mm -hmm. You want to actively go out and find them because there's tons and tons of people in this world. Um, so chances are, the chances of them finding you are very slim. Mm. So you have to go and find them so that way 
and you know every time they need an expert on whatever it is that you're an expert on they can always come back to you right that makes sense you know and i think that you did say that you wouldn't recommend media for traffic but i think that the way that you're talking about using it kind of would generate traffic as well. And the reason why I actually have a real world, world, world example, Jermaine Griggs has been a guest on our show three times. He's also a guy I would consider, uh, one of, I, I mean, he's, I consider him a best friend, a long distance best friend. I mean, every time I see this guy, it's like we grew up together. It's like my brother from another mother. He's a fantastic human being. I have so much respect for him. And right now he's traveling the world with his wife and three kids for a year. Their goal is, I think, to do something like 70 countries in 12 months or something like that is their goal. And they're traveling the world and they've got an Instagram channel that they've created. And by just by doing their thing, they got featured by some influencer, some media group. And all of a sudden their account went from like a thousand followers to over 30,000 followers, literally almost overnight. Wow. Because they just were like, this person picked them up and said, hey, check out this amazing thing this guy is doing. They're world schooling their kids. They're taking a year to show their kids all these different cultures, taking their world heritage sites, all that sort of stuff. You know, and he does it because he has an online business. And so it was like really inspiring. And I think that that caused them to all of a sudden bump there, right? That, that buy, borrow, build. And because he had mechanisms in place to capture and build that audience, you know, boom, now he's got all these followers, right? So now all their posts are getting like a couple thousand likes. Where again, if you just look at their their account, you know, a month ago, you know, it was it was like what a 30% or a, a 30th the size that it is now. So I think that that's part of it. I think like you said, not going after it. I don't know if you went after it or not. I don't think you would have, and I don't think you would have paid for it. Um, but that's something to think about. I think if you do it in the right way like that, I think I think it can work for you even if it traffic is your goal. I think it's just, it's the whole concept. It's not who you know, it's who knows you, you know, and give people something to talk about. Yeah, because that's very rare. Like, like what happened to him might not happen, like will probably not happen to everybody else. Right. And that's why I'm saying go for it because, you know, like, again, like if you kind of wait for something like that to happen, it might not ever happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to just fall on you. Um. But I think, again, it comes to the whole, you got to go out and get these people. So, all right, so we're reaching out to these major influencers. We're going to get them on board as clients. We're going to give them, trade them free in order to be able to, like, basically get their endorsement on our product to use that to convert more of our traffic. Because if you have to knock on 100 doors to make one sale, if I, or if you have to knock on 10 doors to get one sale, if we can get, and your goal is to get 30 sales, you have to knock on 300 doors to get your 30 sales. But if we can get you to make two sales for every 10 doors you knock on, we cut that down by half. Yes. Right? Because now every 10 doors, every 100 doors you knock on is, uh, is 20 sales as opposed to needing 200. And so just by increasing your conversion rate, you can do more with less traffic. So if traffic is a really sexy thing. It's like, yeah, I got a million visitors to my website. I got a web, right? I've got all these downloads. But what's the conversion rate? Which also speaks to, again, like you said, the trust, the credibility. I think that's a really powerful thing. And people need to look at that. I think it's a really important part. In today's day and age, it's really easy to get lost in the numbers. A lot of us listening to this, we probably already have way more traffic than we realize. Hundreds or thousands of followers on LinkedIn or, you know, Twitter or Facebook or, you know, we do a live on YouTube or Facebook, or whatever, and it gets a few hundred views. The traffic is there, you know. Even if you did get a shout out by one of these influencers, you know, like the traffic is there. But are you converting it? And I think that that really does deserve a lot of attention. And I think today on our call, you gave some really good examples for how to get that your credibility up to help buyers have more confidence in you. 
And if you're afraid of that, if you're shy of reaching out to these people, then you probably need to work on your product or service more. So you won't be shy. You'll want to put it into these people's hands as much as you can, you know, and that way. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's a really product centric look at business. Um, I mean, I've heard, I've heard it said both ways. I've heard, sorry, I know I'm on a soapbox. I'll get off in a second. I've heard people say like bad marketing can't sell or what good marketing can sell a, a non-existent product when bad marketing can't sell free gold. But in a bit in the world where you want to have an income over months and years, it really, you really want to have a great world-class product or service Tesla. Like they can't make them as fast as they can sell them because they've got such good products. CrossFit is like, they're growing, you know, they're having to control their growth because the results that they get people is so phenomenal. So there's real, there really is something to be said about having a world-class product or service. It's just, it's a, it's a catch 22. If you have the world's greatest product and nobody knows about it, right? It's not going to do you any good. So you kind of do need to walk both lines a little bit and just beware if you're leaning too heavy on one or the other side. I think, I don't know. What do you think? Oh yeah, I agree. 100%. Sorry, sorry. I know it's my show. You can't be like, that's a terrible idea. You, Daryl, you suck. Like you can't. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all good. All good. All good. So, um, we talked about that. Oh, bless you too. No, it's good. Sorry. So I guess, what do you do now? What are you doing now? What are you working on now? What are you excited about most? Right now, we're serving the CEO that has a massive company, but has like no personal brand whatsoever. Mm. So we are no longer serving the influencer. Um, the reason for that is because if we were able to get you know the influencer a lot of results, then you know we can just imagine like how massive the results will be with somebody that has nothing but yet all the credibility in the world. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And if anyone's enjoyed this, and if anyone wants to reach out, if anyone wants to get your help and, and work with you explicit, exclusively or talk to you or have you look over what they're doing, what are some of the best ways for them to contact you? Um, you can go to my website, UlyssesOsuna.com, or on my Facebook, um, Ulysses Osuna. I'm always on Facebook. And let's, let's check that out. So it's U-L-Y-S-E-S-O-S-U-N-A. I'll say that one more time. U-L-Y-S-E-S-O-S-U-N-A. O-S-U-N-A. And so you said, uh, go to your Facebook and where else? Yeah. My Facebook and my website. Website. So Facebook and then website, UlyssesOsuna.com. .com. Perfect. Ulysses, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Um, oh, man, that's like a, that's a tough question. No. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I think it was good. I think we covered a lot of things. I mean, just a quick recap. We talked about how to leverage influencers first, how to get them, the best way to use them. We kind of just cut through some of the realities that, look, if you're just trying to get like a bunch of traffic, it may or may not work. Uh, We mentioned that, you know, you might get a spike of sales from a feature, but that's not the primary primary reason uh, to get attention and work with influencers that's like a sidebar effect the real reason why you want to work with these people is for like credibility that's certified beats 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 by dre was like i think they sold it for like a billion dollars or 500 million some ridiculous sum i think was it a billion i think maybe it was a billion dollars they sold it and that was built exclusively on relentlessly having those headphones shown being worn by different people, a never ending cascading waterfall of credibility and social proof of everybody else that's using it. If you reached out to all the influencers, your audience, 
you know, is as if you have a product, if you reached out to all the influencers and you had every, like, let's say you're a football guy and you had all the major football stars wearing your sunglasses, wearing your sneakers, wearing your product, you know, if you could have as many of those as you could just seen around, not even like necessarily a photo, but you just give it to them and then you, you know, they're playing the game and they're just wearing your knee sleeves because they just happen to have them and they're nice new and they like them. I mean, that's a really powerful way to grow the business and influence people indirectly and using that then in your marketing when people talk to you. you know, why should you buy us over other people? Well, so-and-so uses this, so-and-so uses it. Hey, if it's good enough for them, isn't it good enough for you? Isn't it worth trying, checking out and making more, capitalizing more? So we talked about that. Uh, I talked about how we can use uh, media to control the results people find when they research us. That's another reason to work with these people, to get featured, to get the shout outs, not even so much for the traffic, but for what people find when they go looking for us and make sure we pass the sniff test. Um, what else we talked about? You got to go out and get it. I'll tell us, talked about, uh, we had the, the email pitch template. Again, anybody's interested in that, go to bestbusinesscoach.ca forward slash pitch template one be one word no spaces dashes and uh i think that was it really i mean he gave us a really good and powerful way to work with these people and to reach out and use them to leverage to get us in in uh, places we might not get in otherwise so thank you you're no problem yeah no problem appreciate you and all the best with your your future projects and hopefully we'll have you back on the show soon thank you dude i appreciate it you've reached the end of our interview now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.